This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where our attorney general is now urging the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Joe Biden's election. Florida now enjoys the distinction of having the very first Space Force bases in America. Vice President Mike Pence traveled to the Kennedy Space Center to make the official announcement. Today we make history with the first two installations in the history of the United States Space Force to bear the name of this new branch of the service. It is a great day for our military. It is a great day for Florida. And it is a great day for America. These aren't new. They're simply renaming two existing Air Force bases by removing the word air and inserting the word space. In the aftermath of the state raid on a COVID whistleblower, a Florida congresswoman calls for an investigation of the governor. Debbie Wasserman Schultz says it appears Ron DeSantis has chosen to abuse Florida's law enforcement and judicial systems to persecute the woman who accused his administration of trying to monkey with the COVID stats. Florida's COVID surge continues as the health department reports 89 more fatalities and almost 9,600 newly confirmed cases of the disease. A road trip with a CFO. Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas will be rallying at two restaurants today to advocate for a bill protecting small businesses from COVID liability lawsuits. You'll have a, a new cottage industry for, you know, the, the worst of the worst trial attorneys to go after smaller businesses. And, and I just, in my opinion, we, we can't let that happen in Florida. The CFO is in Jacksonville this morning and Tampa this afternoon, but you'll hear him in just a few minutes on the Sunrise Soapbox. The Florida Supreme Court hears a death penalty case out of Jacksonville. Even the defense attorney calls it terrible. I'm handling a very horrible set of facts and that I would like to submit to the court. How horrible? Donald Smith was convicted of kidnapping, raping, sodomizing and killing an eight-year-old child. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and two Florida Man stories. One is an idiot. The other is a Christmas angel. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, December 10th. This is Human Rights Day. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights was adopted in 1948 by the UN General Assembly. This is also National Logger Day. And for all you bibliophiles out there, this is National Dewey Decimal System Day. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody has joined in a brief filed by the Attorney General of Texas asking the U.S. Supreme Court to invalidate the election returns in four states won by Joe Biden, namely Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Moody's office issued a press release saying the high court needs to address these concerns for the sake of democracy. Yet she did not offer any proof that there were problems or address the specific arguments that are being made in the Texas lawsuits. Say goodbye to Cape Canaveral Air Force Base and Patrick Air Force Base. They're not going anywhere, but they are being rebranded by Donald Trump. Vice President Mike Pence traveled to the Kennedy Space Center Wednesday to announce the Air Force bases will now be known as Space Force bases. Today we make history with the first two installations in the history of the United States Space Force to bear the name of this new branch of the service. It is a great day for our military. It is a great day for Florida, and it is a great day for for America. So it is my great honor as your Vice President, as Chairman of the National Space Council, on behalf of President Donald Trump, to announce that Cape Canaveral Air Force Station will now become Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. I'm also pleased to announce an Air Force base named for another pioneering general who actually founded the Army Air Corps. As of today, at the direction of the Commander-in-Chief, Patrick Air Force Base will become Patrick 
Space Force Base. We will continue to defend this nation from Cape Canaveral Space Force Station and Patrick Space Force Base for generations to come. And we will defend America from these places here on Earth, as well as in the vast expanse of space. And I don't have to tell those of you in uniform, our progress in space security is more important than ever. Because as you all know here on the Space Coast, the United States faces emerging competition and emerging threats in space. Countries like China and Russia. And those threats are only growing each day. Space is a vacuum, but America is not operating in a vacuum. As we exercise a leadership for our security and for our highest ideals of freedom in the outer expanse of space. The space race that began in the 1950s, right here on the Space Coast, continues to this very hour. We're in the lead, but we're not alone. The United States will never seek conflict. We will always seek peace through strength. But as I've observed in tabletop exercises and in briefings with all the distinguished military leaders gathered here today, we must recognize, as our president has, that Space itself represents a warfighting domain, and we will be prepared to defend our nation and defend our freedom in space with the United States Space Force. More grief for the Gov about that state raid on a COVID whistleblower. Broward Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz says Ron DeSantis abused his power and the judicial system to persecute Rebecca Jones, the data manager who helped establish the state's COVID casualty dashboard and was fired after she accused the administration of telling her to alter the numbers. Wasserman Schultz issued a statement saying, quote, Our state is in a public health emergency, and rather than use his executive power to protect Floridians, DeSantis abuses it to attack scientists who dare sound the alarm about Florida inept, dangerous response and apparent manipulation of data. This is not leadership. It is autocratic repression. The congresswoman says the governor's actions have to be investigated immediately by Florida's inspector general. Her office is also exploring various federal level investigative options. The Florida Department of Health reported 89 more fatalities and 9,592 new cases of COVID-19 Wednesday. There have now been 1,083,362 cases, and the death toll has reached 19,716. At the rate we're going, that number will exceed 20,000 by the weekend. The state has reported 686 fatalities in the past week. That's an average of 98 per day. The state's chief financial officer is on the road today trying to round up support for legislation to limit COVID liability lawsuits against Florida businesses. CFO Jimmy Petronas is holding media events in Jacksonville and Tampa as part of his rally at the restaurant business liability tour. We're hitting independent restaurants all around the state uh, talking about COVID liability. And as we have done this statewide tour, you know, everything has changed because of COVID. And we look at what the state looked like back in January, and it seemed like the opportunities were limitless. But COVID-19 is going to impact the state's budget between this year and next year, uh, about a $5 billion shortfall. You know, Florida Chamber did a poll back in September. Half the businesses that they polled, you know, were debating whether or not they were going to reopen. Employment employment rate being at 6.5%, um, you know, is, is definitely just telling, you know, families in Florida that we don't have the typical strong job market that we've been accustomed to. Um, but these, these numbers, they're, they're, um, they're important, but you know, 
there's just families all over the state that are struggling making ends meet. Um, but we need to have every level of government, whether it be our federal or state or local government, has got to lead to get us back to normal. So we've been we've been getting around the state. We've uh, been hitting different restaurants um, and hearing directly from these small business owners of their struggles or challenges, you know, dealing with limited ceiling, uh, seating, restricted, uh, whatever they've had to embrace in order to, to build back consumer confidence. So we've been, you know, the one thing we've been doing with the earned media is just trying to get people to, to patronize small businesses and help out. Um, but we, we hit uh, Gainesville, Orlando, West Palm. Um, we're going to do Jacksonville and, uh, and Tampa this week. But as we've been, been pushing, you know, uh, I think it's important the legislature embrace and focus on it. And at least I, I like what we're seeing from both the Senate president and the speaker right now, both of which are setting up special committees on dealing with the pandemic. Um, uh, I sense there, there will be an appetite for COVID liability. Uh, but we're seeing trial balloons already come up with the big guys, whether it be Walmart or McDonald's, Amazon, are already facing litigation. But, you know, I'm, I'm worried about is you get these, uh, this this environment where you've got a business model that works, you know, you'll you'll spike insurance rates and then you'll have a, a new cottage industry for, you know, the, the worst of the worst trial attorneys to go after smaller businesses. And, and I just, in my opinion, we, we can't let that happen in Florida. So, um, anyway, working with the legislature, expecting leadership out of those guys, which it seems like, you know, there is, there is a focused appetite for this. Um, the governor last week gave, uh, gave a, a shout out that we've got to do some COVID liability and keep it simple, you know, protect the customers, you know, make it easy to follow and just make sure that we're putting people before attorneys profits. You know, if we keep that as just a baseline, uh, I really feel like we can we can develop something that that's meaningful, that is is not too burdensome or onerous to to try to deal with. Twenty one states have already done something, so I feel like we've we've got the ability to do it. We've got to take care of our small businesses, our employees that want to get back to work, and we got to get our 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 people, uh, our our state small businesses back on their feet. CFO Patronus is holding two of his restaurant rallies today. The first happens at 10 in Jacksonville at Strings Sports Brewery. The second rally is being held at Eulalie Restaurant in Tampa at 3. Think your job is tough? Try defending a death row inmate in front of the Florida Supreme Court these days. The justices are now considering an appeal made on behalf of Donald Smith, who was convicted of kidnapping, raping, and murdering 8-year-old Cherish Periwinkle of Jacksonville. Assistant Attorney General Charmaine Millsaps told the court there is no doubt he did it. We have both DNA from the victim's neck, DNA from the victim's vagina, DNA from the victim's uh, anus, all of which match the defendant at extraordinary numbers. We also have a videotape of the beginning of the kidnapping. The Walmart security uh, cameras show Donald Smith now imagine being the one who has to defend Smith. Richard Kurtz is his court-appointed attorney, and he did not find a smoking gun to try to overturn the conviction. But Kurtz told the high court there was a series of small errors, and when you add them all up, Smith did not receive a fair trial. I'm handling a very horrible set of facts and that I would like to submit to the court. Um, so I would like to discuss with the court the inflammatory nature of this prosecution with the pretrial media, with the comments made by the prosecution, as well as the medical examiner 
crying on her testimony when she's the chief medical examiner who had a thousand medical or autopsies under her belt and the closing arguments. So my major argument to the court is going to ultimately end with that. While either of these items were not reversible on themselves, it's the cumulative effect. There was only one justice who seemed to share those concerns. Jorge Labarga was disturbed that during opening arguments, the prosecutor told jurors the victim was crying out to them from the grave, that the murder was every mother's nightmare. Labarga says this sort of emotional hyperbole is not supposed to happen during the opening arguments. This sort of things keep happening. Uh, we have opening statements. The law is clear. Opening statements, the purpose is to basically give the jury a preview of what the evidence is going to show. The evidence is going to show this. The evidence is going to show that. Yet, during opening statements, the prosecutor injects every mother's darkest nightmare became Rain Periwinkle's reality. I guess one could argue that's what the evidence is going to show, but that's not what it's intended for. Uh, and nevertheless, it's there. These type of statements, these type of remarks that are not proper, are being made in cases where the evidence is locked. I mean, here, the evidence is substantial. So why inject these things into a record? Why are we here today having to deal with these issues? And I, I've raised this issue uh, with, with, with other uh, attorney generals before in the hopes that prosecutors out there just stop doing this and concentrate on just the evidence. Uh, yet, here we are again, and in a case as serious as this, injecting these type of things into the record. As usual, the court gave no indication when it will rule on the death penalty appeal. Your calendar of events is next, but first, a word from our sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. As the number of COVID-19 cases are increasing, the potential collision of COVID-19 and the flu virus could lead to a new word Floridians do not want to use, twindemic. That is why Florida Blue, the Florida Hospital Association, and the Florida Medical Association have joined forces to encourage Floridians to get their flu vaccine today. Visit floridablue.com, fha.org, or flmedical.org to learn more and support a flu-free Florida. Welcome back to Sunrise. Your calendar of events begins at 9 when the Charlotte County Legislative Delegation meets in Punta Gorda. Also meeting at 9, the Board of the South Florida Water Management District, the trustees at Florida Gulf Coast University, the Council on Homelessness, and trustees at the University of West Florida. All four of those meetings are online. At 10, the Palm Beach County Legislative Delegation holds a public hearing in Belle Glade. Also at 10, members of the Florida Senate Democratic Caucus hold a Zoom press conference to discuss the pandemic and the latest actions by the DeSantis administration. Trustees at the University of North Florida meet online at 10. The Florida Supreme Court releases its weekly opinions at 11. The Department of Agriculture updates the citrus forecast at noon. At 1, the Board of Physical Therapy meets online. Also at 1, the Suicide Prevention Coordinating Council meets online. The DeSoto County Legislative Delegation meets at 1.30 in Arcadia. The Public Service Commission holds two online hearings about a proposal to increase water and sewer rates in Charlotte, Highlands, Lake, Lee, Marion, Orange, Pasco, Pinellas, Polk, and Seminole Counties. One hearing starts at 2, the other at 6. And the Hardy County Legislative Delegation meets at 3 in Wachula. A Florida man who refused to wear a mask at Best Buy is charged with disorderly conduct after deputies say he coughed, spit, and sneezed throughout the place. 51-year-old Alden Ashby went to the Vero Beach store to get help with a tech problem and was asked several times to mask up. 
Employees say he responded by coughing and spitting on the service counter, dumping masks on the floor, spraying them with soda, sneezing on counters, wiping his hands on shelves, and refusing to leave. When deputies stopped him as he drove home, Ashby said he'd been going through a lot this year and simply got carried away. And finally today, an anonymous Florida man is being described as a Christmas angel after he found a suitcase with over a quarter million dollars worth of jewelry inside and turned it over to the cops before the owners even knew it was missing. Joe and Ella Fitzgerald of Pinellas County brought their stash with them to the annual Denim and Diamonds charity event because they're co-sponsors. On the way home, the car trunk popped open, the suitcase fell out. They did not realize it was gone until she checked her phone and found a barrage of messages telling her the suitcase had been found in the road and turned over to police. Well played, anonymous Florida man. Well played. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.